Hey, Camp Kids. Welcome back to the Camp Kids Podcast. I'm your host, Joe Bob, and I'm on a mission to bring together a community of camp people from all around the world. Whether you are currently in your camp experience or it's been a while since you've been at camp, when you're with us, you're at home. This week, we are meeting Grandma, who has had a plethora of camp experience at YMCA and Girl Scout camps. Grandma tells us about her journey starting as a camper, not getting into her CIT program, and then coming into camp halfway through the summer. Grandma had her first aha moment with her campers and realized that this is what she wanted to do. Grandma goes into how much camp has helped her find her own uniqueness and even goes into how she got some of her camp tattoos. I will admit this audio when I speak is a little bit staticky. So bear with me though, it's still a great interview. And without further ado, let's meet Grandma. Grandma, welcome to the Camp Kids Podcast. We're so excited to have you here. Tell us a little bit about who you are and where you're speaking to us from today. And then do like maybe a sleepover at their two day sleepover at the very end. I did that for a few years with a bunch of my friends, but once they kind of dropped out of Girl Scouts, we going and I kind of stopped going to camp for a year and a half, two years there. Then all of a sudden, one of my other friends mentioned a YMCA camp and I was super interested in it, super excited, applied and all my friends got in and I was the only one that was waitlisted. And so I was technically waitlisted for a few weeks where they were going to be there, but then also for one week where I'd be just by my lonesome without any of my friends. And so that kind of scared me. And two days before that session was supposed to start, we got a call that I was at the top of the waitlist. So if I wanted to go by myself, and I did, and it was probably one of the best decisions I've ever made. That was at um, YMCA Camp Wapsie. I was there for nine or 10 years. I was able to smooch the moose once, which is a tradition they have for the camper that's been going the longest, which was a lot of fun. Had a lot of birthdays there too. So sadly, I didn't get into their CIT program after my LIT program. And that kind of like gave a little scorn to summer camp. But I ended up deciding that college wasn't for me two years later and just kind of started working full-time at camps. With that being one summer at Camp Sacagawea, as just like a co-counselor would help out in the cabins. It was really interesting for me that we slept like in the same cabin because all of my other camp experiences, there's been like a counselor room in the center and then camper rooms on the outside. So that was like a definite difference for me. I was gonna go back the next year and I was excited about it, but then was at an activity fair at the University of Iowa right before I left school and there was a camp called YMCA Camp Foster and it just looked really cool. My dad went to it as a camper and my grandfather also went to it as a camper, which was neat because there's photos down in the basement of the old dining hall of my grandpa when he was a camper there like years ago, which is insane. So I decided to go to Camp Foster for my first year there in summer 2016. And I, to this day, still think that was my favorite summer camp experience ever. (laughs) Just had a huge group of lovely co-counselors. Our campers were awesome that year. Um, I, we, there's still a group of us that is in a group chat from that summer and it's talked to almost daily. It's, it's really great to be able to make such great friends with your co-counselors, but also with your campers at the same time. I was hired on as the crazy pool lady. So I maintained the <laughs> pool and the lifeguards. So for the first four weeks, I kind of just focused on getting into a groove of like making sure chemicals and everything like that were okay. My lifeguards were staying on top of what they were supposed to be doing while also really focusing on EPs because I love EPs. They're probably my favorite part of camp. You just kind of realize like 
oh, this is why I'm a camp counselor. This is like so cool to see like the, these groups of young women come together and like learn so much about themselves in one week. And like they taught me a lot too, which is cool. I'm still in contact with a few of them too. Um, they reached out after they graduated, which was awesome. And yeah, so I was there for three years. Second summer, I was just a co or head counselor, co-counselor at times. Helped out lifeguarding. Um, it was weird to start wa lifeguarding the waterfront as well, since they're my arch rivals. <laughs> <laughs> Last year that I was at Camp Foster, I ran the LIT program, which was through their day camp. So it was kids that technically aged out of day camp, but wanted to continue coming as day campers, kind of learning like a leadership role in which they could help assist the counselors in various tasks, keeping the kids entertained, but also we did a lot of leadership uh, building for themselves through projects like working together as teams, working together or working together, but as individuals. So that was uh -huh. a lot of fun. I kind of knew that year that that was going to be my last year at Camp Foster. I uh, had decided um, the year before to leave school. So I kind of wanted to move somewhere else and just kind of see what else was out there, but still kind of stay within the camping realm. So I drove through the night, through uh, the biggest rainstorm ever in my little small Volkswagen <laughs> and drove all the way to Milwaukee, Wisconsin, just outside in a small village called Hubertus for a YMCA camp called YMCA Camp Minicani. Um, and I had a great experience there. I started there and worked outdoor education during the school year with a bunch of school students. It was really cool to see a lot of the like inner city Milwaukee schools come out because there was so much that they love to learn that they weren't aware of just because of the environment where their housing is. So that was really neat. And I loved doing that. Just decided to kind of get back into the restaurant industry business at the same time. So I did end up leaving Camp Minicani and moving to uh, Milwaukee full time, working as a tequila person for a restaurant group and doing that for a while, then decided that the service industry working with adults at bars is just the same as working with kids at camp and I miss the kids more than I miss the adults. So I went back to camp the next summer as the head director of Camp Singing Hills with the, uh, with, uh, in Minnesota and Malaysian uh, Minnesota. That's where I met Thunder. Well, technically I met Thunder at Camp Foster, but that's where I co-managed with Thunder. She was my assistant director there. And uh, that's where my summer camp history ends as of now. Who knows what will happen in the future? <laughs> I love that open ending. You're like, and that's what I have so far. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's wonderful. I have so many questions for you about your camp experience. Yeah. My first one is, where were your camps located when you were growing up? You mentioned Girl Scout Camp Conestoga, and then you mentioned the YMCA camp as well. Where were those at? So Camp Conestoga, I was really young, so I don't quite remember. I'm pretty sure it's the, the Girl Scout camp that got shut down closer to Dubuque. I just remember it being like a 30, 40-minute drive away from where they would pick us up at in Iowa City. So it wasn't too far away Okay. from there. And then Camp Wapsie is in Coggin, Iowa, which is just outside of the Cedar Rapids area. It's probably like a 15, 20-minute drive from Cedar Rapids. Okay. So yeah, both there in Iowa. That's good to know. I'm also curious to know too, did they tell you why you didn't get into the CIT program? Because it's very clear that you are a camp leader. You know what you're talking about. You were an incredible staff person. That just blows my mind. My LIT group 
we were kind of pranksters. So LIT is, uh, Camp Wapsi is a step before you can become a CIT. I think we just took the pranking a little too hard. And I wasn't always necessarily like the big person in undoing the pranks, but like everyone helped everyone at points. And so we got in trouble for our last prank and a lot of us didn't get in. So I think we they might've just thought we were a little bit too, too much. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> wow. We had a fun okay. time. Yeah, no. My I'm LIT totally group different. actually is still in contact with each other too. Oh my goodness. So you have a bunch of camp circles that you're still involved with. That's awesome. Yeah, it's awesome. I want to make sure my timeline's correct. When you were at Camp Sacagawea, you said that you applied like halfway through the summer of 2015. Is that correct? Yeah. So I was managing my country club pool, which I had done the last two summers before. Let me see if I understand this correctly. Was this your first time then working at a resident camp instead of being a camper? Yeah. First time working instead of being a camper. I like volunteered at a few like summer day camps and stuff at the University of Iowa. That was more of glorified babysitting than actual summer camp stuff. Okay. Very neat. Very neat. Well, I just missed you. So I went to Camp Sacagawea. I didn't work uh, ever a full summer, but I was there at the end of 2014, at the end of 2016, and at the end of 2017. But I was not there in 2015. Yeah. It's fun how that works. (laughs) Yeah, that was the one time I missed you there. Well, and Thunder and I missed each other there by one year because she worked there the year that my was supposed to be my second year, 2016. And that's when I was already at Camp Foster. And then in 2017, Thunder came over to Camp Foster. So we've that's- technically like worked at three of the same summer camps, not at the same time, two of them at the same time. But it's <laughs> kind of weird just how we missed each other on that first one. Right. That's awesome, though. I, I think that's so cool that you guys share that. I would love to know a little bit more about what was it like transitioning to your first time working on staff in the middle of the summer? It was interesting. It was really nice to come into a summer camp where I wasn't, and this sounds weird, but summer camps, there's lots of drama. I came in in the middle of summer, so obviously I wasn't like a part of any of the drama really yet. So it was kind of nice just to have that like Everyone was kind of already dealing with their summer camp drama and I could focus on just being all in with the kids. It was also interesting because everyone had already like formed like big like friend groups and stuff. So I was always like for the first week there, I was the awkward one that was just like standing outside. But they were super accepting and I really enjoy that I was able to go. I'm still Facebook friends with a few of the people and staff and it's been awesome to watch them grow and a lot of them were just super accepting as well like I know it was I'm saying that it was hard to like fit in right away but they made an effort to make it not as difficult. Now were you also grandma at Camp Sacagawea or did you have a different camp name? I was Cheerio at Camp Sacagawea. Oh okay. Yeah so my grandma name came to me at Camp Foster because I got laryngitis the first day of staff training and so I was like the really like raspy voice and someone's (laughs) like you sound like one of those grandmas that sits on her front deck and yells get out of my yard at kids and then it just stuck everyone called me grandma for the rest of the summer oh my gosh I love that (laughs) thank you for sharing 
Yeah. Since you have worked for a couple of different organizations, the Girl Scouts and the YMCA, I would love to hear your biggest differences or takeaways from working with both of the organizations. And it's also interesting because with the organizations, the summer camp program is way different with the organization than the during the school year programs are. Like I definitely noticed that working at Camp Foster YMCA in the summer and then kind of like being raised in the YMCA Camp Wapsi and then working at Camp Minicani, which that was like school groups and not during summer. And so I, I found it really interesting to see how the hierarchy of the actual YMCA was during the school time versus the hierarchy of program director, like different station directors, head director. Like it was interesting to see how much more involved the physical home-based YMCA was with the summer program because it made it feel like we weren't able to do as many things that you would get away with doing in the summertime. It was a lot more corporate of a summer camp style experience than an actual let's have a fun time with a group of like kiddos that get to experience camp for one week. So I found that really hard which is like one of the reasons why I ended up leaving the outdoor education program and then just between like the YMCA itself and the Girl Scouts. In both ways, I feel like the YMCA can be more strict, but just during the outdoor education program, I feel like the Girl Scouts were just a little bit more, this is the rule book and we live by it. There's no like loopholes or anything to get around anything. You have to do it this way. You have to do the same training programs for all of the summer camps. Like what summer camps can't have like slightly individual styles of approaching a subject that you're trying to teach. It was a, a very streamlined process, I felt more like. Okay. Camp Sacagawea, not as much as the Minnesota Girl Scout group was. I mean, I don't have hardly any experience with the YMCA organization, but it does seem like as a, with the Girl Scouts as a whole, there's a lot more autonomy, at least in yeah. programming. So. And it's also interesting too. So I was raised Jewish. I'm still Jewish. Obviously, YMCA is technically a like, Christian affiliated program. Yeah, And so I've been to a few different ones for conferences and stuff. When I was at Camp Minicani, I went to a few different other YMCA camps that I can't remember the names of. And some were like super faith driven. And then some like the ones I went to, you say grace and that's about it. Oh, yeah. Morning chapel, <laughs> but the morning chapel is definitely more geared towards the five values, which is respect, responsibility, caring, honesty and fairness. Fairness is technically added on by Camp Foster. The first four are the national ones, but yeah. Oh, very interesting. I I would have never known, so I'm glad that you brought that up. Camp Foster staff members have tattoos in honor of the five values because respect is yellow, responsibility is green, red is caring, and blue is honesty. And so a lot of people will get like, as like a, we love Camp Foster tattoo. Do you have any camp tattoos? Yeah, um, I actually have... um, for now. So there is a program called uh, uh, Sparky at Project 130, which Sparky is the mascot for it at Camp Foster. It's a program where we strive to get 130 kids scholarships so that they can come to camp that wouldn't otherwise be able to afford it. And we do these really cool voucher systems where campers who bring money for the camp store can buy tickets to make counselors do like crazy things like One time I said, if we can donate $50 to me, I'll let someone wax my armpits. Or um, there was one time I said I'd let them shave my head because I usually keep my head shaved anyway. So that was fine with me. My biggest one I've ever done 
was it was I knew it was going to be my last week at Camp Foster because I was going to move on to the Camp Minakani. And so I said, if we can send one full kiddo, which is around $1,400 to camp, um, then I would let whoever like donates the most money design a little tattoo that has to be Camp Foster on my right forearm and it has to be a little bit small. So I had like very, <laughs> this is how it has to be. And this one guy donated a bunch of money as a joke because he wanted to do the five values as the poop emoji. And another <laughs> camper found out about that. And I don't know. I can't remember if she had the money in her account or if she contacted her parents with a secret phone. But she got in contact with her parents and they donated like a full kiddo themselves. She designed the tattoo. It's a little firefly with the five values blinking off of it. A little fairground there in Okaboji. And it was awesome to be able to take a photo with her. And I talked to her at least three or four times a year just making sure she's doing okay. She's about to graduate college this year, which is really cool to see. Wow, that's awesome. I'm glad you brought up that story. I remember Thunder kind of teased that story a bit in her interview. On my summer camp director, Abby Parker, she's one of my role models. I have her saying that she always used to say was be all in. And so I have it in her handwriting on one of my arms, a constellation that goes above Camp Foster, but the stars are the value colors. And it's in like Natana correct heart on my back so pretty much all your tattoos are from ymca then yeah for camp sacagawea i have like a little teeny tiny tp and then yeah i didn't get one for the other ones i was gonna get a mosquito for camp singing hills because there were so many mosquitoes there <laughs> being minnesota and right on a lake but i haven't gotten it yet maybe i'll get one today when i'm at my tattoo parlor there you go i love that well, speaking of Camp Singing Hills, I would love for you to kind of dive into your experience being a camp director. It was interesting. A lot more paperwork than I was expecting, but yes. I kind of expected it at the same time. It was also a lot different style of camp than I'd ever been used to. It was a family camp. The troop leaders were there with the girls. Like, it wasn't just us. So... We had to do a lot less of like the disciplining and stuff. Like it was like e even kind of weird to even think about doing that because you didn't want the mom that's standing right there to be like, my daughter didn't do anything wrong. So it was interesting being like the fine line between like being the boss and making sure there's no drama between staff, which of course there always is. And then also having fun, but still looking professional in the eyes of the adults that were with the kids. Because one, I already am starting off by telling everyone my name's grandma. So that's you know, always an interesting foot with the adults that were coming in. But also they were only there for very specific things that they had signed up for. So that also kind of took away the ability as a camp director to like try and like blossom some ideas and inspiration into my staff members to make them kind of go out of their way to like, as Abby Parker always said, be all in and feel included instead of just reading off of the sheet. I can deeply relate to that because I have been a seasonal camp director as well. And now I currently work for an organization that does not offer resident camp. And so we get a lot of the day camps or if it isn't overnight, we're not directly in charge of the campers and it's all through the Girl Scouts. And it is a very interesting dynamic because you're playing the role of facilitator instead of a local parentis. It's a lot less control, in my opinion, mm -hmm. than 
when you're working at a resident camp experience and there's a lot less magic and a lot less whimsy. Like when you're doing these things, you have to actively look for those moments and you have to like almost plan out like when you're going to make those connections and do as your director has said, be all in. Otherwise it's just not going to happen. Yeah, definitely. And like, there were still times where you could bring out your inner like creativity. Like, I don't know if Thunder mentioned the time <laughs> that I dressed up as a lemur, um, but we didn't have a costume room. So it was just layers of various different clothes. And <laughs> I painted my face and didn't realize how scary I looked until I walked out. And I was like, I'll go wash this off. It was fun because I literally was just sprinting around the woods. I wasn't even part of the evening program. All the other counselors were, but I wanted to be included. So I was like, it's my time to shine. Time to become a neighbor. <laughs> what kept you coming back to summer camp for as many summers as you were working? I just really felt like it was home. It was just like somewhere because like I'm a unique individual myself, a little weird. But it was like a place that accepted, like promoted weird, which I always thought was really cool. Just growing up in Iowa, like. My parents were super supportive of us being weird, but like everyone else is like, not everyone, but it, it was a lot more of the mindset you have to mind your P's and Q's. And at camp, you still had to mind your P's and Q's, but they could be like cursive P's and Q's. It was just like a, a, a place where I really like was able to feel free to be myself and then take that into furthering how I did things in everyday life in the like extracurriculars and stuff that I was in in high school and middle school and being comfortable like to be like yeah I'm in show choir what's up <laughs> <laughs> so. that's so cool what part do you sing I was an alto nice I I am also an alto I'm an alto too yes so am I yeah. low voice <laughs> yes <laughs> that's awesome well who are some people from camp that have inspired you and how did they do that one of my first counselors I had actually I think it was my very first counselor that I ever had her name's Emily but she went by bone crusher because she was super excited on the first day of the session before she was jumping up and down to like welcome in her kiddos and she accidentally stomped on her co-counselor's foot and broke it <gasps> <laughs> so um, but she just handled it with grace and she like took the new nickname in and it was awesome. Also, just the fact that it was my first week at summer camp, she made it feel like very special, especially for how scared I was being there by myself. And then Mama, uh, Carly, I don't know if she's still in the camp industry. I believe she is, though. She just really brought our group together. I mean, yeah, we were a little bit crazy, that's for sure. But she always made sure that we were learning the best way possible, making everything fun, like she was there to talk like we would have, so we were the first session of LITs. We'd go every parent program for the rest of the summer, which is like the program the kids put on before the parents pick you up. Yeah. And we'd get a photo with her like every week. Like I remember messaging her when she got married. She was just awesome. And then, as I said, Abby Parker knows how to run a camp, but knows how to have fun while doing it. She's also just someone that is always there. You could talk to is Abby still in the camp industry? I believe so. I think she moved over to 4-H. I know she left the Y three years ago, but I believe she's still out in northwestern Iowa at the 4-H camp that's out there. Nice. That is one organization I've yet to have on the podcast is 4-H. So. Yeah, she has a huge experience and background of 4-H, too. She ran the one that shut down in Boone. And then I know I said a few other people that worked there too. She was at the YMCA after that for 
few years. I think she was there for two years before I got there. So five or six years, maybe seven. What is the most important lesson that you've learned from camp? Huh. Um, that never, ever, ever is anything ever going to go to plan. And that's okay. One of our staff trainings at Camp Foster, the theme for camp training that year was inside out. So we had different stations and my favorite was Chameleon Island, also known as Adaptability Island. Like I say it all the time at the restaurant that I manage now to the point where people are like, I get it, a chameleon, <laughs> cranky service industry people. But I'm like, if you can't adapt to something that's going on around you, you're not going to be able to be as successful as you want to be. If you're so focused on, oh, well, it was supposed to go this way. You're never going to get to where you're supposed to, like where you're wanting to get. Like, yes, it was supposed to happen that way, but now you need to find a different road or a different path because you can't ever know what exactly you're getting into when you do anything. Yeah, you know, you're 100% correct. And it helps you in the real world. Like there was one night at the restaurant here where every other restaurant in town was shutting down because it got so cold that one of the transformers went out and they hadn't connected the backup transformer yet. Mm. So town was losing power like every 30 seconds. So we couldn't use any of our computer system to send orders for food to the kitchen or to the front or run credit cards or anything. And I called my boss and they were like, you guys should probably shut down. I was like, no, I got this. I found like one of those clinker brick, the knuckle breaker card readers, the like old like sh sh card readers. Mm -hmm. So we did that for cards. We just hand wrote everything, made sure everything was fine. When the power would go out for the 30 second intervals, I would just be like, everyone, it's fine. It's just dinner and a show. So <laughs> it was fun to see that my staff was excited to adapt because I was excited to adapt. Wow, that is incredible. And I assume it gets rather cold in Wyoming. <laughs> yeah, this winter was a little less cold, a little more snowy, but it's it's Wyoming. If you don't like the weather, wait five minutes and you'll get something else. Well, I would love to hear your funniest camp story. I definitely think it was the lemur story or the fact that all three years <laughs> that I was at Camp Foster on my mom's birthday, which is July 21st, somehow I ended up in the emergency room. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> uh, yeah. First year, I, like, electrocuted myself by accident. It was totally my fault, but um, on a live wire. And then the next year, I burned myself with a hot glue gun and got an infection because I went into the lake to try and cool it off. And so oh I had to go goodness. in a week later. And then the last year, I was explaining how to use the paintballs because I was teaching paintball, and the kid didn't know his was loaded. And, like, hit me point blank in the temple. And I was like, I think I have an, a concussion. So oh, that my was just my funny life experiences of camp. But like full on camp, there's just so many things that it's hard to decipher which one's the like funniest story. Well, I think three years in a row being in the ER, that's a pretty big one right there. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty impressive. The charge nurse was the same all three times that she remembered. Oh my God, <laughs> like you again? Yeah. <laughs> When I think about my camp experience, never did I think that I would blank. Never did I think that I would learn so many real world life lessons from what I learned there. I thought it would just be fun and games, but it taught me like who I want to be, who I should expect from other people, like that it's okay to not be okay, stuff like that. Yeah, I love that. Thank you for sharing. 
what do you do or what keeps you busy now that you're in the real world? I am the bar manager backslash. I help with a lot of the bar programs at our other restaurants here too. Um, but I'm a bar manager at a long time running fine dining restaurant in Jackson, Wyoming. So like I have a lot of fun coming up with super creative cocktails and drink names and things like that. And then also like just building a repertoire, like some of my servers have worked here longer than I've been alive. So it's definitely an interesting dynamic at this restaurant, but it's fun because we've built this little family together. So it kind of feels like a camp staff in a way because we're all so close and help each other out if needed, which is really awesome. And then other than that, I do a lot of hiking. I am going to go on tomorrow on my day off. I'm going to go do um, an 11 mile trail just south of town, which will be fun. There's a lot of things to do. I'm learning how to fly fish. I've learned I'm not very good at it, but I can keep <laughs> trying. <laughs> but um, other than that, I'm not really a winter person. So it's kind of funny that I live in Wyoming. I uh, don't go out a lot in the winter. <laughs> oh, yeah, I do not like the cold. So I totally understand where you're coming from there. <laughs> what is your favorite camp song? Either Ronald McDonald loves his Big Mac or... I have three favorites or the beaver one beaver all let's go do the beaver crawl or there was a great big moose which I sing all the time in Wyoming because I see moose all the time and then my friends are like shut up I get it you were a summer camp counselor so (laughs) oh my gosh I love that well I always ask my guests if they would be comfortable would you be comfortable singing one of those songs for us oh sure Ronald McDonald loves his big mac Ronald McDonald loves his Big Mac. Ooh, Chihuahua, his Big Mac. Ooh, Chihuahua, his Big Mac. Ronald McDonald loves his French fries. Ronald McDonald loves his French fries. Ooh, Chihuahua, his French fries. Ooh, Chihuahua, his French fries. Ooh, chee chee wah wah his big go back. Ooh, chee chee wah wah his big go back. Ronald McDonald loves his chicken nuggets. Ronald McDonald loves his chicken nuggets. Ooh, chee chee wah wah his chicken nuggets. Ooh, chee chee wah wah his chicken nuggets. Ooh, chee chee wah wah his French fries. Ooh, Chihuahua, his French fries. Ooh, Chihuahua, his big gamak. Ooh, Chihuahua, his big gamak. And for a limited time only. And for a limited time only. Ronald McDonald loves his McRib. <laughs> Ronald McDonald loves his McRib. Ooh, Chihuahua, his McRib. Ooh, Chihuahua, his mick rib. Ooh, Chihuahua, his chicken nuggets. Ooh, Chihuahua, his chicken nuggets. Ooh, Chihuahua, his French fries. Ooh, Chihuahua, his French fries. Ooh, Chihuahua, his big go back. Ooh, Chihuahua, his big go back. Yeah, I've been saying that all the way through for a long time. Oh my goodness. I haven't heard that version of it before, especially with the McRib. Yeah. <laughs> I've done a version where there's a filet fish 
And then there's also a milkshake, and that's where you just shake your butt. <laughs> oh, I forgot the milkshake. Yes, we. I usually do milkshake too. <laughs> nice. Thank you for doing that. I appreciate yeah. it. What is your favorite camp meal? Ooh, um, either. Oh, okay. Um, I try to be a vegetarian when we get camp, and my favorite meal is breakfast pizza, but they didn't have vegetarian breakfast pizza. And I literally cried and I was like, you know what? I'd rather just eat meat than cry over breakfast pizza. <laughs> I think it was like late in the summer too. I was like, I'm just going to eat it. I'm going to eat meat. <laughs> so oh definitely gosh. breakfast pizza. What is your favorite camp tradition? Ovations that we would do at the end of every night at Camp Foster. And then there would be one on Thursday. So usually you just do it with your cabin. And then we do one night a week on Thursdays where it's like blended ages and blended genders. So it'd be really like interesting because like we like get really deep, like they, like one of my favorite things in this whole world. And so like we'd ask questions like what color is love or like if you could fit anything in this world in a box and put it away so no one would ever see it again, what would it be? And obviously these questions and stuff, we would only do them with the, there's a big difference between a 13-year-old boy and a 16-year-old boy and a 13-year-old girl and a 16-year-old girl and just mixing them all together. You'd have some of the most interesting conversations because a lot of the younger kids would say things and the older kids were like, man, I've made it this far and I didn't ever think about that. And it was just really cool to see how vulnerable and everyone would be and like how it was so many of the campers' favorite nights too. I don't think I've ever heard of that, Tristan. Did you guys oh, come up with the questions on your own or were they provided for you? We had a list, but we would do a lot on our own. Like my favorite one is if you could pull anything out of your nose, what would it be and why? And it can't be money and it can't be gold. Nice. And just like things like that. Some people are better at coming up with questions. I'm better at coming up with the questions on the spot, but it would always be like two counselors in the same group. But we would do it as staff too. Like it was just like a really cool thing. We'd sit in a dark room with a candle in the center and just talk. Like that's like my campers that I was talking about earlier that had the aha moment. We did ours by the lake one night. And at one point, everyone's like snot dripping out of their nose, crying, but also laughing at the same time. What is your favorite program area? Riflery, probably. I was the rifle person for the last summer I was there, which was a lot of fun. I wasn't in charge of it, but I was there a lot doing it. Obviously, crazy pool lady. I love the pool. I love swim games and things like that. I helped to try and teach, which is funny because I'd never done it before, uh, synchronized swimming. So like, it's fun just to like be able to be in a place that you know that you've trained your staff well enough to be safe, but be able to be silly at the same time. In general, the evening programs that would affiliate with every single program so that kids really got an experience to experience each section that they not, wouldn't normally do. You gave me a really good idea for my camp experience now there's like a bunch of dead time I would say in between the swim test and when campers can actually swim mm -hmm. and they're allowed to be like in the shallow end and it's like nobody ever like plays games with them like while they're waiting and so I usually like go in and start playing Simon Says but you were like oh yeah and synchronized swimming I was like oh that would be so much fun <laughs> like yeah <laughs> so thank you for, for sharing all of that yeah well, I'm wanting this podcast to go on for a while, so I ask all of my guests, who should I interview next? Have you heard of Drew Demery? He's also one of my idols in the summer camp career. He also worked at that 4-H camp that I was talking about earlier that shut down, sadly. Um, but he's the head camp director. At, it's next to Camp Sacagawea, Hanasa. It's a campfire camp, I think. 
Um, he yes, is amazing. I think I've actually um, met him before. Yeah, he runs a he runs a blog for summer camp. That summercampguy.com is his website. Okay. But um yeah, so he also was the camp director at Camp Wapsi, but that was after he was my day camp director at Camp Foster, so that's how I met him there and then I would volunteer um cuz Camp Wapsi would go a little bit either start before Camp Foster or it start end after. So there was a few times that I volunteered after I had gone home. But he's at Camp Hauntissa. Yeah. In Boone. But he's great. He's a wealth of information, that's for sure. Oh my gosh. That's awesome. Yeah, I went to this camp. I believe it was this camp. You said it's the one right next to Camp Sacagawea, right? Yeah, it's the one across the river. Yeah. I took the CITs over there in 2021 i will definitely reach out thank you for bringing that up yeah all right oh goodness sorry i lost my questions here well is there anything exciting that's happening in your life that you would like to promote or share with our listeners honestly we're just in the busy season of work right now so i don't have anything too crazy exciting going on just making it through the night (laughs) oh i totally get it yeah well, where can people find you if they want to contact you or follow you? Yeah. Um, so Instagram is my first dot last name, Elise, E-L-I-S-E dot Goodvin, G-O-O-D, V as in Victor, I-N. That's my name on Facebook. And then if you just at do Elise dot Goodvin at gmail.com, that's my email as well. I will definitely put that in the show notes. So in case anybody wants to reach out, they can. Was there any final questions or comments or thoughts you wanted to share while you're on the Camp Kids podcast? I hope everyone's having fun this summer and it's going to have a great rest of the season. I am jealous every single day that I'm not hanging out with kiddos, but I, I know eventually I'll get back to it for maybe even if it's just for a week. Well, Grandma, it's been absolutely wonderful having you on the Camp Kids podcast. Thank you so much for taking the time out of your day to be able to hang out with us. All right, Camp Kids, that was Grandma. Make sure to contact them if you have any questions and check out all the links in the show notes. If you are enjoying this podcast, don't forget to like, share, and subscribe. Let's keep our Camp Kids community growing by spreading it to others who are also a part of the camp community. Please leave us a rating or review, preferably a five-star rating so that others can find our podcast. Next week, we'll have another interview with someone who does a lot of consulting for camps. That's all that I have for you for now, but remember that this is good night and not goodbye.